Between 1556 and 1567, he and his wife acquired a one-thirteenth share in a huge canal project. Now, that is probably the best sentence I'm going to read this week. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hearing in Colour with Matt Simon, the podcast about synesthesia, creativity and other weird stuff. Today I'm going to be talking about dream interpretation. For me, dreams come in two categories, which are utter garbage and worth looking at. So looking at the former, I believe that dreams can be, generally your brain is recycling and reshuffling all the day's events and just trying to make sense of things, filing all the things away. So for example, if you've been watching a lot of Star Wars recently and Darth Vader popped up in your dream, wouldn't really be a surprise. It's just there. The other types of dreams are where it could be a message, uh, usually from your subconscious, and this definitely feels a bit different, can be a bit more vivid in colour, just a bit more sensible, and just not such crazy things going around. If you can find one of my old dream diaries, I might read out some dreams that I had in the past, which were just mental. Um, almost like a film, like I wanted, they were so good I wanted to clap afterwards, but um, yeah, so let's look at the symbolism first. Years back, must have been when I was a teenager, I bought a few things like dream books, how to interpret your dreams, a thousand and one dream symbols, and largely these are, spoiler alert, useless. It's so, so important, the context. There's a really good YouTube channel I watch called, I think, Scholar Gladiatoria, and the guy is always talking about context. He talks about weapons and medieval things, and often people say, what's the best sword? Context. Um, some swords are chopping swords, like a cutlass, and that is a one a sword with one edge on it. Another sword, like a sabre, is curved, so it's good to use on horseback. So there's no definitive one-size-fits-all meaning for some of these things, except there is a couple. I'll come to those later. Symbols could be anything. If you saw an owl, then perhaps you might think, oh, well, that represents wisdom. And that's generally, I guess, in the West... Um, a recognised symbol for wisdom. Maybe owls don't exist in other countries. <laughs> I need to research that a little bit more. But for example, context is really important. What's the owl doing? Is it standing there watching you? Is it attacking you? Is it a friendly one? Is it dead? You know, so you can't just say, oh, that's an owl, because some of these dream books would have whole lists of things like some in alphabetical order as well, so you could flick to the thing. Oh, kettle, yeah, so it means this. Uh, chimney, it means this. It doesn't really... Um, think of a cow, it might mean something very different to you than someone in another country. So for someone in India, uh, they would see that as a sacred animal, but for someone in Texas, that is delicious and profitable. So really, the symbol is only a carrier for the message, and it's for you to interpret, and really, you know what the symbol is, if you ask yourself, because the dreams are ultimately coming from you. Every dream is a symbolic representation of your life at that snapshot in time, so you really need to look at what's going on in the dream. There is one symbol, however, that I think does hold a lot of weight, and that's vehicles. Vehicles, well, for me, I guess, represent, and I read this in a book, uh, contradicting my own point, but let me finish. Vehicles represent your life's path. So if you're in a car, is it veering wildly out of control? Is it stuck? Is it stalling? And what condition is the car in? Is it clean? So you might be on a train that's hurtling through space to the track and people are clinging on for dear life and it looks like it's just about to derail and this would obviously be a sign of a life out of control whereas someone who's in a very nice car, maybe even accelerating, 
that'd be a much better symbol. Recurring dreams are something a lot of people can relate to, and this basically means that you are not getting the message, which is why the message has to be kept repeating and repeating and repeating. The way to understand this, and you already know what the message is, but if you have a recurring dream, think to yourself, if I had to do the dream again, and I was in control, what would I do differently? The classic one is running away from something or being chased. So if you're being chased, it means you're running away from something. So what are you running away from in your life? And you know the answer to this. It might be putting off dealing with that debt or speaking to your sister, or there could be a problem, but you know what it is. So if you had to do that dream again, the right answer would be turn around, face it. It might not be as scary as you think, or it might actually be, but it needs to be dealt with. So stop running and face it. Are you being attacked from all sides? Are you leaking? Is there too much drain on your energy and your resources? If there's a recurring theme, just how would you solve the problem in the dream? And that's what that means for your life. Some dreams can be emotional release as well. I've had these. Uh, you might have dreams where you're shouting, screaming at someone or crying. Um, this could be because you're not letting those emotions out during the day, during your life. So they have to come out somewhere. And if you're crying, yeah, surely you're sad about that. It could be something, it could be a breakup, uh, you might be grieving, um, but generally you would know why the crying is. And I've had dreams where I was shouting, I think I was in a classroom and uh, the kids weren't doing what they were told and I was just shouting at them and getting really angry and obviously I'm losing control there or I'm not in control and that was a point where I felt that I wasn't in control of things. So you do know that deep down, but it's a way of bringing that awareness to you on a conscious level. So five minutes in, we're done. Uh, don't want to overcomplicate these things. Um, vehicles is your life path. Could be emotional release and context. Stop running away from your problems. If you do have a dream that's particularly troubling you, then uh, leave us a message on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube comment and I'll see if I can reply to this. But if this podcast blows up, I might not be able to reply to all of them. Some people dream about the future and accurately and I don't know how that works because even for me that's pretty weird and outside my experience. I also believe the future isn't set, they're just um, possibilities and if you go to see someone who is a life coach or psychic counsellor or something along those lines, they can't tell you exactly what the future is going to be because nobody can but uh, the better ones, what they can do is they can say, well if you keep going like you are right now, this is the most likely outcome and this is probably what's the best thing to do to change it. Nostradamus is an interesting one because he had dreams, I think it was, for his predictions and he was deliberately vague about those because he was worried that obviously they could be used for ill gains. Um, as if lots of them are open to debate and um, or does this mean Hitler or 9-11? There's quite a famous one where there was two knights jousting and that's been fairly conclusively um, concluded about who that was. Alright, just done a quick bit more research on this. One website and... Wikipedia! So it's quite well known that his predictions are translations. Nostradamus was actually French, Michel de Nostradamus, and it wasn't dreams. He was involved in healing and um, interest in some occult stuff, and a lot of the predictions that he had were done through meditation and similar kind of methods. A very famous one is the Knights. So... Uh, and this is an English translation. The young lion will overcome the older one on the field of combat in a single battle. 
he will pierce his eyes through a golden cage, two wounds made one, then he dies a cruel death. Um, so explanation of this one. It is said that Nostradamus warned King Henry, that's King Henry II of France, that he was soon to die. In summer of 1559, as predicted, he was killed by Comte de Montgomery in a jousting contest, which is obviously where two people run at each other with lances on horseback. Montgomery was six years younger than the king, and both of them had shields with embossed lions. The king was wounded accidentally by Montgomery with his lance in two places. A piece of the shattered lance entered the eye. It pierced his eyes through a golden cage, which would have been the visor on the helmet, and a piece penetrated his temple. Henry suffered for ten days before dying in his bed. He died a cruel death. So that does seem quite accurate, but apparently that verse was first seen in print decades after the event. And after he died, a lot more things came to light. Maybe some he hadn't published, but some were perhaps fake, were pushed into the publications for political reasons. Could be anything. Hitler's often touted as one of the success stories of the predictions, and he is often referred to as Hister, which is similar to the word Hitler, but yeah, something you can look into. And apparently Napoleon was predicted, and one of the verses says, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Paul ne Laurent, and that's three French towns which rearrange, spell out Napoleon King in French. Uh, so some of those are very vague deliberately. Some people think, oh, it's this, it's this. But when there's huge world events, obviously lots of people will scramble for these. Oh, look, this is what it meant, and he meant this. But did he? We don't know. Some interesting things on his uh, history as well. Like he, So he settled in Provence, in the house which exists today, where he married a rich widow named Anne Ponsard with whom he had six children, three daughters and three sons. Lovely. Between 1556 and 1567, he and his wife acquired a one-thirteenth share in a huge canal project. Now, that is probably the best sentence I'm going to read this week. He deliberately twisted them around as well to make them difficult to understand, like use different languages. He's writing these in 16th century French, and then there's Latin words and other things mixed in there as well. And the quest for the Holy Grail is a classic one because in French, uh, S-A-N-G-R-E-A-L, Saint-Gréal, means the Holy Grail. But if you move the G over, S-A-N-G, and then R-E-A-L, Saint-Gréal, I might be butchering the pronunciation, means royal blood. And I think that was addressed in the Da Vinci Code. But again, so it's, he's put these really weird, complicated things together, and then people are just going to spend the rest of the time figuring them out or not but they might all be rubbish. Who knows? I've had some pretty crazy dreams myself. Uh, let's see if I can remember some of those particular standout ones. As one, it was a local running track in the town I grew up in, and it was midnight, and Sigourney Weaver was the Terminator, and there was rabbits everywhere. I don't think there's a deeper meaning into that one. There is another type of dreaming, which is flying dreams. Uh, I wonder how many of you have had those. They can be quite interesting, because it can be just fun. Or it might be that you are lucid dreaming. So lucid, meaning uh, being clear about things. Lucid dreaming is where you are aware that you are dreaming and then you can take control of what's going on and then it's being like in your own video game. It's quite difficult to do and there's various methods. You can look these up online, like going to sleep with the intention of doing it or setting yourself triggers throughout the day. So for example, you might throughout the day, every time you see a bird, ask yourself, am I dreaming? Um, and then eventually, hopefully, in w one of your dreams, you'll see a bird and say, am I dreaming? The first few times you might think, no, this is completely normal. I'm just having dinner with Princess Diana and Sylvester Stallone. But then eventually, like, hang on, 
yes, I'm dreaming. And then the world is your your oyster, your plaything. So often what happens when you start to realize that you're dreaming, you wake up and it takes a little bit of effort and control to retain the sleep. But then when you can do that, you can do anything you want. You can fly. It's just like being in your own personal video game. It can be a lot of fun. There's also some theories that when you are sleeping, your spirit form and your energy body leaves the physical body and basically goes off on these adventures which are in the astral plane but you can't die because your body is connected to you by what's called the silver thread and this can only be severed at death so don't worry about that <laughs> um but yeah so you're actually floating around the astral plane uh, which can be quite interesting i did a lot of research into astral dreaming when i was younger uh younger well I think it was the university at the time. And yeah, I read lots of books and there's different methods to do it as well. One involved actually trying to roll out of your body. There's um, just, you are like, right, lie down and then see if you can just meditate really low, get yourself into like absolutely the zone and then just roll out, just roll out of your body onto the floor. And then what will happen is that eventually you will be able to pull your energy form out of your body. And I don't think I managed to do that one. Um, there's another method basically called, uh, well, I'm calling it the lift-off method, where you lie very, very still and meditate and don't move anything, only your breathing and your eyes. And then eventually they say, well, your energy form can start to detach a little bit from your physical form. And then you can feel this energy rush. It feels like, oh, your body's made out of lemonade. I remember very clearly they did mention lemonade. And then you feel these vibrations and you feel like you're full of energy and then try and either roll out of your body or just float up out of your body. And then that'll be like a conscious um, detachment and then you can float up and then that might be quite scary, but don't worry, you can always uh, just try and move your arm again and then you'll be yanked back into your body. So that'll be fine. And then see if you can then like float up and then you will be in the astral plane. You're floating around the fourth dimension and this yeah it's not easy to do this but i referenced this in our song potential in the chorus it says energy surge i rise as if in a dream fall through a black curtain and into the light and i said sometimes it might feel like you're falling backwards and there'll be a temporarily blackout and then you're you're into it i remember another one i was having a dream and remembered oh yeah i'm in a dream okay right so now what i'm going to do is i'm going to fly so I it was just I was standing, then I jumped and then landed about an inch or two off the floor, and then so I was basically just like swimming just above the floor. I was like, "Cool, I'm doing it." And then I remembered this disembodied head. Like, yeah, yeah, good one. That's that's really impressive. Um, but I didn't worry because in this course I'd done, there's some of the training. I said, "Watch out for negs. These are like negative entities, and they will try and discourage you or suck your energy." Um, and they gave this. It's like a spell, um, just this thing you could recite, um, a bit like a prayer actually. Um, and then I said, oh, you can like just shoot laser beams out of your fingers or something. But it's imagine like you're in another world, like you're basically in the Matrix. So then you can do whatever you want. So you could have just pushed them away with the force or turn yourself into a Marvel hero. Um, I remember another one, I was by a lake um, in the forest. That was quite nice. And then managed to fly around for about a minute or less and then I woke up because it seemed to drain a lot of your energy like imagine if you're in a computer game and your energy runs out it was a bit like that it felt like an effort to keep doing it um but I guess with more practice that could uh 
be improved but again or it doesn't exist and you're just mental it's fun to think it does though does it have any real world value well you could draw a picture of it sell that uh, write a song about it or make a film video game this is all just my subjective interpretations and experience it doesn't necessarily mean it's true but it was quite interesting at the time and apparently um, Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole that's what it refers to like just falling through into another dimension which does kind of make sense because you've got that caterpillar smoking the pipe there's playing cards walking around and like all the madness of Alice in Wonderland and this crazy smiling cat that could quite easily be another dimension or just a crazy hallucination it's interesting to see references to like the astral plane and dreamlands in popular culture as well one of my favorite authors is Clive Barker and he did an incredible book called the great and secret show and the main character is working in a basically a dead letter office where all the letters that can't be delivered are sent there and he ends up reading them or some of them and then puts together this picture of this secret world um, called quiddity which I think means lucidity and he manages to break through into that other dimension which is it's a really good book it's one of his earlier ones and then he did another book called Imagica which if they made a film out of that would rival Lord of the Rings it's incredible it's about a thousand pages and the idea is about like breaking through different dimensions it's amazing so there's this guy and he's called John and he can only remember the last 10 years of his life in these loops oh then he realizes he's in these 10 year loops and then he's tied to this woman and then it turns out he's a very powerful wizard <laughs> which is cool so then they break through they find out they're in what's called the fifth dominion which is earth and they break through higher and higher dimensions and amazing book I definitely recommend that if you uh, find I won't spoil the story but they eventually break through these further and further and higher dimensions it's just incredible and they use a power called the pneuma like the word pneumatic and it's breath and so he basically can sort of breathe through his hand and it makes his magic dart this bullet it's really really cool ideas there's someone who ended up in someone else's body um, so there's like two bodies in or two minds and souls in one body someone came out of the body and then came back and like oh back behind the eyes just amazing maybe even lord of the rings because uh, when someone puts on the ring they sort of like shift into a slight different dimension and then shift out again other dimensions are cool okay i think i'll finish it there for this one i'm not going to ramble on too long it feels like it's naturally ended if you enjoyed this do let us know on instagram facebook and youtube and we will see you in the next one I will see you. There's only one of me here. Would you like to earn money with no effort at all simply by having your phone on? The data is being sold around the world anyway and the Tapestry app helps you take a cut. Link in the show notes.